Welcome to another episode of Murray Musings. This is Peter. We've got Claire and Scott on and a special guest. How are you doing, Claire and Scott? Good. How are you? Doing good. I'm, I'm excited to have a, a podcast again. I, I feel like I've not been here for ages and I'm excited about the guests that we put on as well. Murray, Murray Musings HQ is getting a little bit dusty, like with spider webs crawling on like the ceiling. It's, you know, we have to we have to clean up a little bit around here because, yeah, we haven't recorded an episode in, in a wee while, to be honest. Like, it's been like... Uh, been a couple of weeks i think right mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, yep. so, so we need to we need to we need to like clear clear ourselves out clear the hinges uh and and, and chit chat but yeah first we're still, guess, we're still like dust from miami in the air yeah, so so we the car broke out in the corner is getting a little bit intense and we'll uh we need to we need to we need to sort that out but um but first yeah i guess we should uh we should introduce our guest uh it's uh it's lee how you doing lee Hi, I'm very good, thank you. It's good to be on the podcast. It's uh, nice to see you guys in person as well. Um, is this the first? Is this the first Murray Andy Murray podcast you've ever been on? It's the first Andy Murray podcast I've been on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first yeah, yeah. Podcast I've been. On. <laughs> it's the best. The best, the only. The only Andy Murray podcast is the best Andy Murray podcast. <laughs> of course. Um, so that's 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 all that really matters, right? Like, um, but uh, but no, we're, uh, we're 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 glad to have you on, and glad to have you in uh, in in, in Murray's Museum's HQ, Lee. Um, and we hope that by the end of the episode, you'll agree to come back on a future episode, and we won't have scared you off like we've done with so many. Games. So on that note, um, on that note, Peter, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna ask the first question? So uh, to properly uh, introduce Lee, so you yeah, go by the say, name given, like, <laughs> underarm <laughs> underscore ace on Twitter, right? And you yeah. also manage tennis on the telly. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about tennis on the telly? Yeah, sure. So tennis on telly um, started out as um, something, it was an idea I came up with around 2015, the end of 2015. Um, one thing that I kind of found that was bugging me and my experience on tennis Twitter was people asking how do I watch tennis on TV because mm-hmm. especially at the time and in the UK um, the, the, the TV rights for um, tennis were a little bit fragmented I mean then they're, they're better now but at the time it was like you had Sky you had Eurosport you had uh, BT all showing different things and not necessarily all showing everything and people didn't know how to watch challenger matches people didn't know how to watch ITF so I, was, well, I kind of had this idea to bring all that information together and put it in one place and also like timings of matches people didn't know when people were playing so it's like oh what time does Andy play what time does you know Heather Watson play what time is this match um, so yeah that was the idea to kind of like start having somewhere to provide that information and I didn't the, the tennis on telly name didn't come up initially it was like called something really clunky like tennis on uk tv and i was like um so after a while i kind of changed it um and i had a website as well and the website's there tennis on telly.uk to provide sort of more generic information and i say over like time over the last six years it's evolved i've added things to it i've taken things away that i can't like can't keep up to date with so um because i've not had time to but the general gist of it is who's playing when they're playing with an emphasis on British tennis players yes and where to watch it essential for me to be like uh from the U.S. and still uh maintain kind of a reach on uh whoever's playing when Mm. 
the score lines and everything. So mm. it's amazing. Yeah. You do it great is. work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, echo that completely, Peter. Like it's such a valuable resource to have, and it's it's my go to for mm. anything um, yep. like British tennis related. If I if I want to find out where I can watch any British tennis player. I, will, I, I don't go to like the BBC app. I don't go to the WTA slash ATP app. I go to Tennis on Telly on Twitter because mm. I know it's going to be there. Um, mm. So yeah, it's like the it's the best resource we could have. You're like the maestro of <laughs> British tennis. Absolutely. You're like the behind the scenes guy. And it's 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 that's the thing though. Like it's not it's not just uh, ourselves who are saying that. Like you are getting, uh, you get shouted out quite frequently by, uh, by, by, by a good few like influential figures in British tennis, like Mark Petchy, of course, like Judy Murray shouted out mm-hmm. a few times on there. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, did, did, did you know, like when, when, when you were setting out to, to do the thing that it would be, you know, like, did, did you have any like qualms about it? Like, no, oh, I mean, who's going to use this? Who's going to, who's going to like, uh, like, did you realize how big it would become when, when, when you first set out? I think if I think if six years ago you told me that I'd have nearly ten thousand followers on Twitter on that mm-hmm. account, which is mm-hmm. like three times more than my own, um, <laughs> which I've had for years um, before that, um, and isn't just like solely tennis; it's literally everything of my life. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I just said, you know, that's a bit probably not realistic, but that's that's what's happened. Um, okay. I didn't really have sort of any expectations that I would get, you know. Um, I'd have interactions with uh, people who work in tennis, like, mm-hmm. like you say, like Mark Petchy, like Judy. Um, it's, 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 it is a little bit surreal, but I'm kind of used to it now because it's, you know, it's happened more than once. And it's happened a few times. And I did, did one of the things I did do was deliberately set out to follow tennis commentators specifically, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, um, in the hope that some of them would follow back and some have and the hope in the hope that some of them would retweet and spread the word and some of them have so you know not all of them have but it's it, it, I think it's it's one of those things Twitter it, on its own is people make of it what they want to make of it so some people interact with it more than others some people want to be part of the conversation some people just use it just to scroll and scroll and scroll and don't actually ever say anything um Mm -hmm. and some people just don't like using it at all so you know there are commentators that don't use it at all or haven't used it for years uh, don't have a presence on there that's fine um and then there's some that are there and some that have been really helpful and some that kind of just have it there and know it's there and, and just leave it there in the background so but that's okay um but yeah it's, it's it is a little it is a little bit strange when someone new who people know of so um like follow back or retweet something or reply to something that's that's a little bit unusual yeah that's fair that's fair but it's also yeah it's it's, it's very understandable because it is such a it is it is such a good resource um imagine like i've always i've always thought like we, we will we, we we will we will move on to your more general kind of like tennis <laughs> or, uh, at some point but like what one of, one of the things i did want to say is i always imagine that it must be a lot of work to, to to run that again it must be it must like surely get you some headaches at some point no like <laughs> does sometimes i mean um so there's there's two things to that really two sort of parts of that to answer that question one is the work that i put into it um there is some automation tools that i use and that's something that i've been working on to help me um especially the twitter side of it is automated so the, the website and the facebook probably gets attention 
once a week, if that, and, and very little attention. But the Twitter is the thing that kind of keeps going. So there's some automation in play there to, to do that. And um, a lot of stuff that I set up in advance. So like the tweet for tomorrow morning, um, telling you who's playing in Madrid and Rome tomorrow morning. I've already written that and that's ready to go. It's, it's you know, right. it's done in advance. It's not done. If, if, if I get a chance to do it in advance, I do. I don't always. Um, you'll know if I've done it in advance because it's bang on the hour before it starts. <laughs> <laughs> and if I've not done it... Yeah, and if... every, every time I see one of your tweets, you're like, what time <laughs> And if it's not bang on the hour, it means I've done it there and then at no, the time. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's some, some, stuff, there's some stuff that I do um, in advance. And then also some, like during the big tournaments, like especially during the French Open and Wimbledon, which impact on, you know, their daytime in here in the UK, they're, um, they're busy. I last year i had some help with those and in previous years i've had some help with those and i'll probably call on some you know the, the same people again or ask if anyone wants to help out because there are people who when i'm at work and in the office and i can't keep on top of what's happening there are people who can do that and and and, and have been really good at doing that and 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 it's probably, this is probably a good way good opportunity to thank the people who've helped me over the years with yeah. with running it um but mostly it's something that i can i can manage um my my day job they're very flexible um in terms of hours that i do and, and i can you know tweet on my phone that's not a problem um to do that when i need to do that so um so yeah so it's a combination of those things the other thing that that um the other sort of half of the answer to that question is the response that it gets from from people yeah so most of the time it's fine mm-hmm. um most of the time you know the responses are especially if someone wins like a british player wins it's usually mm-hmm. yeah great that's a good win or, like, there'll be a retweet or a quote tweet saying you know well done to the player and uh-huh. that's, you know great news most when, where it gets tricky is when it's like a loss and for the most of the most of the time especially if it's a player like Andy or mm-hmm. um or Heather Watson like well the ones that are kind of the the big you know names that that people have known for a long time and people that outside outside of tennis twitter will know as well but like not you know casual fans will know when those um players lose a lot of the time it's just oh that's a shame you know or sad smiley face emoji kind of thing occasionally it's you know um a little bit worse than that and I try and block and mute the people that do that and for the most part that I find that that's the betting community that do that yeah um people who lose bets they lose money I mm-hmm. me I, I don't promote betting you know if people want to bet that's fine it's not something that I do very often I haven't placed a bet on tennis since Joanna Conta won Miami um which you know a few years ago uh, it's very occasionally I'll, I'll place a bet so I don't have a problem with betting but I do have a problem with the culture that mm-hmm. It, it kind of gets into people um the feelings that they have when they lose money through betting and 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 when they manifest that in their responses and their interactions online um it's not healthy it's not good yeah. it doesn't do it's very anything toxic yeah, yeah think- exactly toxic is the word so i get a bit of that and and honestly the only way to deal with that is to block and mute and yeah. ignore mm-hmm. 
yeah that's fair that's fair i think your your, your sentiments there like in, in in regards to that and we won't we won't we won't dwell on that because it's obviously a bit of a downer but like it's definitely a sentiment that's like echoed by um a number a number of the players themselves yeah. right oh yeah um, the players get it much worse and i'm, right, and I'm sure there's and, and i'm sure there's other accounts probably including your own that you you experience the same things oh, um, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the definitely the definitely says though is scott scott purposely tweets out but um but no that's uh no that's uh, <laughs> that that is a bit of a shame but like i'm guessing like there must be some lovely responses as well right oh like, yeah 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 sure. and very occasionally you'll uh, you know i'll have people say you know uh, well i say more than very occasionally you know i'll have people thanking me for the information is is quite okay. good um right. there's a couple of people who are insistent on replying to every single tweet, that I tweet <laughs> and, I, and i just mute them they know who they are you are <laughs> muted <laughs> um I'm not reading your responses. I'm not reading your well done to every, every, you know, every time Jack Draper wins a match, I do not see your well done tweet. It, it, they're there, but they're on mute. I'll be honest. You know. But, you know, they're harmless, but you I don't know. Just, you I'm like, that's not me, is it? You know, I'm back to the Brits, so. No, yeah. it, it's fine. Yeah. The, like I say, the majority are fine, but some are just constant and you just have to think. Bit. And and the other thing is, you know, um, the queries that people ask, and I don't mind people having questions, um, mm. but quite often it's kind of like the question you've asked is something I've literally just tweeted, just scroll down a bit kind of thing. This is, this is probably the way that it's pr- I'm, I'm probably being a bit harsh here, but um, it's like literally it's it's there go and go and look for it It, it's why i'm here (laughs) Um, Uh, but then some of them are gone can i say can i say it's got to be my favorite thing is is you know you must know what i'm going to say here surely is the, when they're going to stop raining? When we're going to stop raining. <laughs> <laughs> like when, sorry, when's this rain delay going to? Sorry, when's yeah. this rain delay? So when's when, match going to restart? When can we expect play to start back? Yeah. We do know when can we expect yeah. play to start back? When, when it, it stops, stops raining. raining. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a roof. <laughs> yeah, and I and, and I used to I used to be the case of like I don't know, or I'd be like follow the tournament account and see what right. they say now i just type when it stops raining yeah. <laughs> when yeah. or it will start when it starts <laughs> <laughs> and uh whenever they walk back on the court and play uh, yeah exactly that, yeah. you know and, and and to be fair i if i've got that information if i know that play is likely to restart within 30 minutes or something i will put it on there if it's something that I'm able to follow at the time, if it, I'd say if it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, I'm not going to know because I'm not going to be following it. But if it's nine o'clock on a Saturday night, like now, yeah. I'm probably going to have it on in the background, even if I'm not paying full attention to it. Yeah. You know, there have been times where I've sat through rain delays on the TV doing something else and just let the TV kind of show me the, the court that covered in tarpaulin or, you know, mm-hmm. the you know wet clay or whatever and and uh and like, just kept an I eye on like it one day leave for you know when we're in the middle of like whether it's Wimbledon or whatever and it's absolutely torrential rain coming down in buckets <laughs> and mm-hmm. someone tweets you asking when we can expect play to start back I would like for you and to it- respond within the next 15 minutes <laughs> and see what they do like even although someone is literally pouring a bucket over Wimbledon I would like you to do that please do you know do you know what I'll do I'll I'll tweet a screenshot of a completely waterlogged court and say yeah, yeah. they'll be out in about five minutes yeah. <laughs> they just cleaning the water off the court now 
it's uh, it's not so bad with a tournament big tournament like that because you know that you know the big stadiums have got you know covers or roofs and they can yeah. they can play those and and but it's when it's a completely outdoor tournament um mm. you know somewhere like i mean you'll remember a couple of years ago there's horrible rain delays in washington where andy didn't yes. play until like five six in the morning at a time yeah. um yeah. you know something like that it's kind of like and then and then and then people genuinely ask why these tournaments don't have a roof or don't have a cover and it's because it's probably the one day out of 365 days of the year that it's rained it's not cost effective for them to do that when they're okay. running a tournament that lasts nine days to have to, to spend all that money on a roof and just, I just think sometimes people don't think about the questions they ask before they ask them but I'm not going to complain anymore bypasses a that, lot of people yeah, in Spain that, and that is my ranting and my complaints oh, done now. Yeah, so all positive from now on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. with that, let's move on to your origin story of how you got into tennis initially, what matches inspired you and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't really get into tennis probably until like properly until my like early 20s, mid 20s. Um my probably my earliest memory of watching a match that I really enjoyed was Serena Williams, not Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova winning Wimbledon the first time she won. Um, I remember that quite vividly and her going um, at the end of the match to go and and see her family in the crowd and and that kind of, that that sort of image stays with me. Um, And I think I'd always been like a casual tennis fan, you know, Wimbledon is on free to air television. So it's quite easy to get, sucked into it during those two weeks mm-hmm. um and then uh started following you know um other you know players and other events and didn't really sort of realize that there was a whole you know tour ATP tour and WTA tour probably until you know mid 2000s you know when I was in you know getting into my mid 20s so yeah um and obviously like you know around that time was when um sorry well, I say early you know around that time was when Andy was starting to get kind of successful and getting yep. in the headlines so you know I think I think by the some British guy so you know so by the end of that decade that was when I was properly getting into following tennis not necessarily watching it all the time but following you know who was playing where and when and and I have memories of of making effort to watch certain matches so for example the year that Andy won the US Open I was watching that because it was a Monday night final back when the US Open had a Monday night final I was watching that in a German hotel room on German Eurosport having gone out on the lash (laughs) on holiday (laughs) with my friend and my friend we both came back and my friend went to bed he's like I'm going to bed I'm like you know what I'm going to see if I can get this match on the hotel tv and I could and I stayed up and watched it in our little kitchen on this little tv and and it's it's funny because I never I've seen like clips and heard clips of that match as it went out on Sky, but only clips. I've never watched the full match with like Mark Petchy's commentary on it. But and but I have seen the match since because the US Open put it on their website with the American commentary mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. Um, but I've never seen that match with like the full Mark Petchy commentary from Sky, which is something I would love to see one day if um, someone can make it happen. Perhaps maybe it, perhaps it, maybe if Mark Petchy's listening, he's got a copy of it somewhere that he, he can, may um, do. send our way. 
I also think that it might be something that happens if the rumours are true that Sky have re-got the US Open TV rights from 2023, because this is Amazon's last year of their contract. Um, So it may be that that's the case, that if Sky have got them, then they're free to do what they want with their material, whereas it's a bit difficult when you have the current broadcaster as a different broadcaster too. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, if I hate to say it, but if we're coming to the end of Andy's career um, by then, that <gasps> mo- I know <laughs> everyone's suddenly having heart attacks and Murray Music taking you. <laughs> but you, you know, that might be something that that happens at that point. So, well, li- listen, he's not retiring until he's forty, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's correct. That's another. We, uh, we've got it's his, it's his birthday next week, guys. So mm-hmm. we've. Got another five years and a week. Yeah, so yeah, I hope so because I would love to see him carry on and play, and uh, you know, for as long as he can. I, you know, there's, there's not a, a t- for me. There's not a time where I think Andy's done. I think it's you know he will go on as long as he feels that he wants to go on, and I think he's already surpassed, surpassed a lot of people's expectations with that, and mm-hmm. I think he will continue to do that for some time. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. On 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 the Andy note. Uh, Lee, like what um what sticks out in your head like what's your story with Andy like what um you know obviously obviously you're a big Andy fan otherwise you are you are an Andy fan we should clarify of course otherwise I wouldn't be here (laughs) I wouldn't have got through I wouldn't have before who have been like you know like kind of wavering okay how did they get past security (laughs) exactly right Uh, so we just want to clarify that um usually Scott would put on the door and he's a Mm. He's a bit useless, to be honest. Like, yeah, he's a really strong bouncer, but I let anyone referee in. Um, but no, Lee, that's not you. Of course, you're a you're a <laughs> Andy fan. What's your story with Andy? Like, what's your what's your what's your memories, Andy? What's your you know what's your standout Andy moments? Gosh, uh, so many memories of just watching Andy matches. They all, you know, I mean, my memory is terrible, but um, I try and pick out a few that sort of stand out. I mean, I can remember watching Andy late at night. Uh, on my phone in hotel rooms you know mm. I, I can't do it these days but staying up all night to, to wait for a match to start mm. um, you know there's been so many of those around you know 2015 2016 2017 when that happened then that happened I think one the match that I will always remember I will always remember watching the Queen's Club final in 2016 yeah. the when he beat Brownich a couple mm-hmm. of weeks before he then went on to beat him at Wimbledon um, yeah. For me, that one stands out as a match that I always remember watching and and really, you know, thinking, okay, if he can do this, he can, mm-hmm. you, he's going to do well at Wimbledon. Little yes. did we realise that three weeks later he would face the same opponent in Wimbledon Literally. and go on to win to it. Win yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, I think, and obviously, um, I can also remember the time he first became uh, world number one um, by a walkover, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember watching the TV and that being announced that um, I can't remember which player it was that had pulled out, which uh, caused the walkover. But uh, um, was no, it? It wasn't it Brownage. It was. Was it Key? Okay, excuse me. Was it Key? Might have been Paris. I can't remember. Right? Yeah, it was Paris because he beat John. I think it beat... No, was it not? Let me get it on here. Like be- people who are listening, yeah, it to was Ranich. It was Ranich. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Ranich just couldn't. He couldn't yeah. do it, it a third time. Thank you. Just, just take a moment. I think we back. have. 
Like I think he... as Murray fans, we have a lot to thank Milos Ranić for. Yeah. Milos. If Milos ever wants to come on an episode, we'll happily have him on. We would love <laughs> to have him on. Love that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was semi-finals of the Paris Masters. Yes. Um, yeah, that was um, that, that that was that was some year. Do you remember Lee? Do you remember like when you first you first you first saw Andy Murray? Like, or you first you first even became aware of Andy Murray? I'm always curious about this because I, I I just remember viscerally like just switching on the TV and just being like, "Who the hell is this at Wimbledon?" Like in like 2007 or eight. Like, was that the first time it was? But like, what do you remember yours? Like, because I I feel like a few people I don't do. Think I do. No, I it's it's. I feel like I've always followed Andy Murray, but I feel like I couldn't pinpoint the first time I ever saw him on TV. Um, And probably probably becoming aware of him probably wasn't through TV um, Mm. because of the way that TV was, you know, the rights to matches were fragmented. I know that in sort of, you know, when he was first starting out on the tour, um, a lot of his tour matches, especially the later rounds, would get picked up by the BBC and shown. But I don't remember seeing any of that. I've only seen sort of since mm. people share that. I mean, there was, um, I think there was a match where he played Tim Henman quite early on in his career, yeah, which, which yeah. was shown on the BBC. But I don't remember watching it. And and that's probably because it was on like a weekday afternoon sometime, yeah. and I was, you know, working. So, um but um, apparently that happened. So, um, yeah, I can't think that um, there's a specific match that I remember him in. But I do remember watching, you know, when I could watch him when he was starting to get really, really good, you know, like top 20, top 10 player, that that was when I was following him sort of, you know, day in, day out. Um Almost and like can... he just materialised one day. Yeah. Isn't it? Like he was just there. Yeah. And I remember being in a pub and watching that match that he played that like went on to like 11 o'clock at Wimbledon the one night, the one that was really close yeah, to the curfew. Yeah. Um, and I can remember watching that, but I'm sure I was watching him before that as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do. I do think there was a re- very real moment early on in like the, the, the story of Andy where it kind of became like the thing where it was like, I swear, I swear there was an early quote from like Tim Henman or something like that that was like implied that like Tim Tim was saying something like he's going to be better than I ever was or something like that. And at that point, mm. it was like, oh, okay, wow. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was that point where it was like, oh, mm. wow, right, okay. Like, we should all really be taking note of, of, of this guy. So I think, mm. I, I feel like it was like around that point. Maybe maybe it was that match that you were talking about, Lee, uh, where, where they did play. But yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel like there was a very real kind of like moment where it was like, oh, okay, so there isn't just a random like a British player that like you know is not really going to do much. He's actually you know somebody worth kind of tuning in to watch. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I think uh, you could probably say that about a lot of players, though. I mean, if you if you look at people um, who work in TV, they say a lot of things about a lot of players, and I'm sure that um, one one quote that always sticks in my mind is is John Lloyd on the BBC always saying Denis Shapovalov will be a Grand Slam champion, and it's not happened. But you know that if it had happened, that that would be something that people would remember him saying that. And people right, don't right. remember him saying that because it's not happened. So I think yeah. when you remember like Tim Henman saying Andy Murray's going to be a better player or Andy Murray's going right, to be right, ranked right. at this, people remember it now because it's happened. So, you know. Place, right, yeah, 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 no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, like I, like, 
Yeah, I, I'm all I'm all fascinated at that. Like just randomly, I know Lee we're supposed to be ch- chit-chatting about you. <laughs> like Peter Clare, do, do, do you guys remember like when you first like the very first moment that Andy came into your life? Do you remember that? Oh like, yeah. Yeah. I remember. We've talked about this for here. a little bit a few times. Yeah, but, yeah, um, and then we'll and then but Peter, it's, uh, San Jose um when uh he played Roddick and then uh beat Leighton Hewitt for the right, tournament. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. just amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty early on in his career. Two thousand six. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine was mine was even earlier than that. Mine was two thousand and five Wimbledon against David Nobandian when he cramped up on court and he was literally rolling oh, about. Yeah. He was. Yeah, I yeah. think now was that. I want you say that. I want you say he got to the third round. Um, and people were saying he's he's physically he's not ready for this he's not strong enough he can't handle these kind of matches that was like my that was my very first vivid memory of Andy Murray it's interesting you say that about people saying that he you know at the time people were saying he's not physically ready for matches he's 18 years old yeah because like I've heard people say that about other players at the moment like Jack Draper and Emma Raducanu um you know when 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 Jack Draper collapsed in the the heat in Miami last year. People, you know, some people said that. And when Emma Raducanu was playing some of her, you know, when she lost at Wimbledon last year, some people were saying, you know, she wasn't ready to to play at that stage. Um, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. She's she's since then she's obviously you know won the U.S. Open. Yet yeah. there's still some people like for for some of because of some of her results since then have doubted that. I think there's I think among casual tennis fans and not among you know big tennis fans like ourselves I think there's impatience when it comes to up and up and coming young players yeah I mean I will always remember when I first saw Jack Draper play and it was at a a futures event in Nottingham that I went to and I watched him like right up close on the court and I thought he's going to be a really really good player and literally no one else watching literally just me um and it was like a first or second round because it was on a Tuesday afternoon um and I thought yeah he's going to be a really good player but I knew that that was going to take time to get there you know I knew I knew he's not going to go you know next week and play some big tournament somewhere and go and win it that's 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 ridiculous but I think I think some players some some sorry some casual fans they're Mm -hmm. impatient with the up-and-coming players um, especially when they do see some players who they've never heard of get you know do really well and get right up there you know like Yannick Sinner and uh, Carlos Alcaraz they they have been playing longer than people realize um, <laughs> but it's, the focus hasn't been on them as much as it has been on, on props some of our British players probably because of the you know the anglophone media that we have um, that's mm-hmm. so dominant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I almost feel in a way about Emma um, I think she's like the perfect example of that because mm. oh, yeah. what she did was exceptional it's, mm-hmm. what she did wasn't normal right mm-hmm. it, it literally never happened before where mm-hmm. a woman went through qualifying didn't drop a set and then went on to win the entire tournament without dropping a set I mean mm-hmm. that had it, it, it was it was literally never it had never been done before mm-hmm. yeah but I almost feel now like because now the way she's playing now is sort of to be expected of someone of her age, yeah. of her point in her career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she hadn't won the US Open, she wouldn't be getting 
the same level of criticism that mm-hmm. she's getting now. And it's like you say, mm-hmm. like, people just expect too much. So she mm-hmm. went and did this incredible thing, which she absolutely deserves all the credit in the world for. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it's now working against her in the mm-hmm. views of so many casual tennis fans because they're like, oh, I've seen people calling her a fraud and a flop. And it's like, the girl is a Grand Slam winner. Mm-hmm. And she's now playing the level of tennis that, had she not won the US Open, she would still be doing exactly what she's doing right now. But no yep. one would be no one would be saying anything about it because they'd be like, oh, she's she's mm-hmm. coming through, she's doing well. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. also it comes down to the fact that we've come, we've sort of come to the end of the era of the dominance of Serena Williams and the big three. So when you look at tournaments and you look at the draws, they're far more open now than they used to be, you know, five, 10 years ago. So yep. unexpected things are going to happen more often in that sense and people fans just aren't used to that yeah Yeah, like it it, like I think it's one of the things like where like with 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 Emma specifically like um and and listeners we will we will move back to Lee's story because we want to hear more about (laughs) Lee's story um but like just, just while we're on this I I was thinking about this the other day exactly what player was saying like you know when you get a player with that success like Emma did this at the US Open and um, went unbeaten out of nowhere, win through qualifying, wins a major title and just like stands on top of the like world tennis for that moment. And then every single moment since then, every single time she's like every 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 single event or every single like tournament, every, every single moment that she's not doing that again, she's getting mm-hmm. criticized for it. Like mm-hmm. every every single moment that she's not, Mm-hmm. Winning a major title is uh, is uh, you know a, a, you know a time that you can criticize her for uh, in 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 the eyes of of of, of certain of, of certain tennis fans, which is a shame. Yeah, it's it's a real shame, and I think mm-hmm. yeah, I think part of that is down to like as you say, Lee, like the the, the hyper consistency of 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 uh, that we've seen that we've seen on like kind of throughout professional tennis, like in 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 the last like decade or so. So yeah, I. Uh, I would I, I I would stress like yeah patience I should say because like, I think mm. there's definitely a sense of like uh, you know uh, we we all want to see them succeed right these players succeed but uh, mm-hmm. some of them just and I think and I think British more. tennis especially at the moment is in a really good place um, we've got you know lots and lots of players doing really really well I mean the, barely mm-hmm. a week goes by where someone doesn't win a challenger or reach the final of a, a tournament or you know we, we've got really good players on on the ITS circuit and I think part of that is to do with how the LTA in the last couple of years have really um, put into those players and 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 given them the opportunities so uh, and not just the LTA as well we have the the um the um uk pro league happening at the same time um we you know every every few weeks there's a tournament where uh up and coming players can go and earn the money that they need to then go out and play on tour and play you know abroad in places like um mm. uh turkey and egypt where there's you know itfs week in week out and and i think having those opportunities to do that is really helping to to build the game and i think the lta have seen what's happened i was saying to peter before we started um the LTA has probably seen what's happened in Italy with the amount of challenges and, and ITF tournaments they have there, and uh-huh. how that's helped to grow the players and and improve the players' games, playing against each other and being competitive against each other, but also having the opportunity to work with each other to collectively improve their game. Um, and it's you know it's it's borne out on the tour 
mm -hmm. um, once they get to that level. And I think, you know, that's where British tennis is, is probably following a couple of years behind that. Um, you know, I look at players like Sonny Cartel, who's doing really well on the ITF circuit at the moment. Yep. Mm -hmm. Never heard of her like two years ago. Um, sure. But, you know, and, and there's plenty of others, um, you know, playing at that ITF level and really sort of making an impact there that it's only a matter of time before they start stepping it up onto, you know, the lower levels of the tour. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that because I think, with, with 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 like before like you know Andy came along or whatever like um like of course of course we had Tim and Tim was fantastic but like there was a sense yeah, of like Greg as well Scott yeah, of course Greg <laughs> don't yeah. forget Greg. <laughs> Greg we all love Greg um, I absolutely love Greg like shout out to Greg um uh, <laughs> I love Rosetsky uh he uh, no um but like there was a sense like even even in Andy's peak years where it was like we've got Andy and that's it you know yeah. um but there's tennis dead in the water um like it's just Andy that we've got and like even still like to a certain extent like you 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 talk to the people who are like the, the very much casual tennis fans but that I should stress probably make up the majority of Wimbledon's viewership and things like that mm. as casual tennis fans and that I think that's something that should be talked about more because I think People are like, oh, the casual fair weather followers of tennis. Yeah, the people who literally like, you know, uh, make up the vast majority of tennis uh, mm. and are important. Like you talk to the, a lot of those people and um, a lot of them will be like, yeah, but like Andy's like retired, right? So like there's hardly anyone else, right? And it's like, well, no, there is. It just like, it's it's all about like trying to build the publicity of these of mm -hmm. these other players. And now, of course, you have Emma and a lot of people are aware of that, of that success. But it's like, yeah, it's, I, th I think it's all about like, kind of, look, we have got these players. Look, look, let's 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 work out a way to like market them slightly better. And, and that's one of the things that I try and do with tennis on telly is yeah. I try and point people to the challenger matches, the ITF yeah. tournaments, the pro league events. And, you know, tell people when those British players are playing in those events and where they can watch them, because they're all yeah. the, the majority of them have live streaming available. Yeah, it's not the greatest quality, but mm -hmm. if you're if you want to see some good quality tennis um you you can't go go wrong with watching some challenger level or some itf tennis tennis never sleeps there's always tennis happening somewhere oh, yeah. you know yeah. so you, there's be, always you tennis to literally watch. watch it 24 7 yeah. like you, you want to challenge your tv and yeah there will always be something that you can watch and yeah. i think without having without having that social media presence and and giving people you know that information as to where those players are playing and and what i mean the lta does so much but it doesn't do it day in day out and and you know match by match um i think i've probably helped get people's awareness of those players in somewhat i, I don't i'm not going to take the whole credit for it because i can't um <laughs> but well, you know yeah, i'd like to think that i've contributed yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. you know the awareness of some of those players that are playing at those levels mm -hmm. um and I will remember, you know, when I've first seen some of those players play um, and, you know, some of them inevitably will become big players. And in five years time, we'll be able to say, yeah, I remember that player playing, you know, at an ITF in Nottingham or in Shrewsbury mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. it'll be good. It, you know, I think it's really, really good for British tennis to be in that position where we've got so much potential. Yeah, mm -hmm. I so. Um Peter, we went way off track. I think you were trying to rein us in a while back, and we. Uh... Well, since we're on this track right now, I do want to ask a question. Um, aside from Cartel and uh, Draper, um, are there any others that we need to look out for that are going to be, like you just said, in the next three, five years, like big names? Um, 
I mean, like Aidan McHugh and Anton Matusevich yes. have always been kind yeah. of there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you look you look at the the, the draw of um, the the ITFs that are happening in Nottingham this week and next week, and there are loads and loads of British names in there, and there are players playing. You know, they're competing against each other, but they're also because they're playing at the same tournament, they're they're pushing each other and they're they're, yep. they're supporting each other as well. Um, mm-hmm. A player that I remember seeing a few years ago, the same event that I saw Jack Draper at in Nottingham with Oscar Waitman. I think he's taken a little bit longer to get to where he's going, but he made his first ITF final quite recently. He reached the semi-finals um, this week in Nottingham. I think he, you know, he's a younger player. He'll he'll do well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got so many players um, playing these um, events that you can literally pick any one of them and say, okay, that player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they 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 won a challenge or yeah, they won one or two fifty within the yes. next five years. So okay. yeah, which is really good. Like I say, it's a really good position for for mm-hmm. British tennis to be in. Yeah, be excited, right? Be excited. Yeah. For British. <laughs> <laughs> and watch <laughs> challenges and watch ITFs. <laughs> and even better, good. even better, go to them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Go and watch them in the stands. I mean, yeah. you know, I I I do that. I go the ones that are near me, like we have a club here in Birmingham that not only hosts the WTA tournament in the summer, but it also hosts ITFs there. Um I go to the up to the Shrewsbury mm. Club, it's only a couple of hours away from me. I go up to, to Nottingham. Uh, those are like my three nearest events and you know there are regular tournaments at these places whether they're you know itf 20 25ks or at shrewsbury coming up in october we've got a 100k um women's event there so that's you know challenger level um yeah. and, and and also volunteering events is a really good thing that's the one thing i want to get in there is, is i've done that at a couple of events and really enjoyed it and that's a good way to see tennis for free yeah you might yep. not be able to see everything every day but go and volunteer mm-hmm. if you've got an event near you look at how yeah. you can get into get into doing that yeah i feel like that... it's one of the things that we are really lacking up here in scotland is mm. is the, the events that you can just they do have um i think it's a futures event they have in glasgow at scotston yeah. um mm-hmm. and it's free to go along to mm-hmm. um but that's that's pretty much it for scotland like... you know and I'd like to see I'd like to see more events in in Scotland definitely and and in other parts of the country like Wales doesn't have any any tournaments there um at all um on the calendar um Northern Ireland I think is a bit of an exception because they come under tennis Ireland um mm-hmm. rather than rather than the LTA and yeah. I don't think the Irish tennis authorities are that invested in it they I, th- I think they have an event in Dublin once a year and that's about it to be honest um but I don't know what what sort of the facilities are like to, to host anything in the rest of uh, in the rest of uh, Ireland, but in definitely Scotland. You know, you have so many players that are from Scotland and based in Scotland, and you have such a tennis following in Scotland because probably because of the legacy of Andy. But you know, you have other players, other Scottish players as well, at like Maya Lumsden, and you have um, obviously we've talked about Aidan McHugh. Um, it would be a shame not to see some of those events up in Scotland. I know that obviously. Jamie tried to bring the Battle of the Brits up to Aberdeen, and and that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen again at the end of this year. Have they? I, I've not seen. Have they actually 
set the dates for it for yeah. its return. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same dates, isn't it? It's the uh, same yeah. dates. That yeah, it's so going to be the same, you know, the same and dates. That's, and that's yeah. really good that, that fans who live up there who don't have the opportunity to even travel to Glasgow when, you know, on the chance that there's a, a Challenger or a Davis Cup tie there, yeah. get the chance to go and see that. I think also I'm quite encouraged by the LTA's um, commitment to bringing the Davis Cup to different parts of the UK you know the the the, the final stage is going to be in Glasgow this year mm-hmm. but f- it's a five-year deal and they want it to be in five different places and yeah. I think that's really good I mean you know they brought it to Birmingham when we faced Japan in the I was um, there yeah, so was I. <laughs> I literally lived that like a five minute walk along the canal from the from the arena. Oh, so um, yeah, I couldn't turn the opportunity down really. Oh, um, no. Such a such an exciting uh, atmosphere. There's nothing like Davis Cup, is there? When it's, no. especially a home proper time. Davis Cup, a proper yeah. Davis yeah. Cup. Yeah, not yeah. the not the, uh, the 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 format it's in now. But yeah. um, I do think it's good that they've made the most of that format change and been able mm-hmm. to bid to bring it back to the UK and that it will travel around the country and I think they want to bring the Billie Jean King Cup finals to the UK if they can I think we're expecting an announcement on where that will take place I think there's a couple of other countries in the in the mix for that as well perhaps Poland might take it but um, I think the LTA have put on record that they're putting in a bid for that so we'll we shall see and I think it'd be good also to have a big women's tennis event mm-hmm. back in the UK as well because although yeah. we you know outside of Wimbledon um the other events are 250 level so um yeah. Birmingham's now 250 and Eastbourne's 250 and Nottingham's 250 um mm. and they're all concentrated around that you know June time um yeah outside of that there's, there's there's very little so I think it'd be good to have something towards the end of the year that that uh, attracts people to women's tennis as well I mean that said, I think women's tennis is, I think women's tennis does a lot better in terms of the, the um, inter, I'm trying to think of the words, but compared to other sports, I think the women's version of the game is, does a lot better than say women's football, women's cricket, women, yeah. uh, you know, other women's rugby, other sports. I think women's tennis is, is up there and, and, and has the fan base that perhaps yeah. the other sports don't have. Um, it's getting better for other sports, but yeah. But I think yeah. you know there's still more that can be done as well. For sure, for sure. I'd uh, I'd I'd concur with that. Um, you 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 touched on um and uh you know this is me this is me again like kind of um being behaving myself. Peter will be proud of me. I'm actually looking at Peter's like kind of uh kind of uh episode breakdown here, and he's got right here <laughs> volunteer experience, which you just mentioned, Lee. So I'm gonna yeah. segue onto that a wee bit. Okay. Uh, it's not really a segue when you say I'm going to segue onto it. <laughs> You've done it before. We'll do it again. Don't be throwing me under the bus. Uh, so yeah, no uh, volunteer work, uh, Lee. You you chat a bit, a wee bit about that. Um, do you want to kind of expand on that a little bit? Um, you know, what's, yeah. what's 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 good about that? Why why should people why should people why should people do it? Yeah, so um, I volunteered at a couple of events up in Shrewsbury. That I. Uh, it was something that I'd wanted to do for a while because I, I have a friend, Lois, who I, who's also a work colleague of mine, and she has volunteered at the um, event here in Birmingham, the WTA event, which I've always been a paying customer and, you know, gone every day and, and done that that way. Um, and 
she also volunteers at cricket. She's a big cricket fan. Edgebaston Cricket Ground is near near us, so she's she's done the big events there, and she's also been to um, other events, um, things like the Invictus Games. She's volunteered at when that's been in, in the UK. So she's she's really kind. She kind of got me into it, um, into the idea of doing it. So I signed up to volunteer at the. Um, there was supposed to be a 60k Shrewsbury in April 2020. Um, and we all know what happened at the beginning of the 2020. So that didn't happen. It got cancelled. Um, they were ready to go. They'd printed all the stuff. They'd they'd got all of the um, merch. We we'd got the volunteer hoodies ready because um, we repurposed them for when we did eventually get another <laughs> event. Um, so yeah, so I signed up then, and obviously didn't get mm-hmm. to do it. And COVID happened, and and yeah. we were all stuck indoors for a while. Anyway, so uh, last year um, they announced that they would have a 25k men's event there um in mm-hmm. early 2022 so um i went along and i did um or rather sorry before that we they had the uk pro league finals week there at the end of end of last year so i went along and i did that um and i did uh, a few days in the week and it was really good because you get to um meet the players so the way they have it set up is there is a welcome tent that people go the players go in and they sign in at the start of the week they get their id badge they get their um access and all that kind of stuff and then um that event that tent sort of hosts event through events throughout the week so they had like a networking evening they had um like a pro-am tournament for where they invited local clubs there's lots going on there and the players got really involved so you know we'd have amateur players from and, and players from uh local clubs in Shropshire playing doubles with the players that were in the event um and playing against each other and it was re- yeah. it was lots of, lots of good fun um, yeah. And then sort of day to day while the matches are happening, it's sort of like, you know, making sure people get to their seats, making sure they're not coming in and going out during play. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you can watch the tennis from the corner of the court for free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not that they charge much to yeah. go to the UK Pro League events in Shrewsbury anyway, but, um, you know, you put a little bit of it in, you get something mm-hmm. out from it is you get you get your you get to watch the tennis, you get your lunch for free, you get um yeah they kick you out with a hoodie so you know you're a, you're a sponsored bitch for a week because you've got citron <laughs> written on it across your, across your chest. Um, <laughs> um so you know it, it but but and also you get to meet new people you make friends i made friends with other volunteers that were there during the week and, and you get to talk you know to other tennis fans who've done the same thing you also get to talk to the fans who've come for the day and you get to and especially at an event like that with the progress tour and the 25k events you get to see those up and coming players as well so so i did that with the with the sorry, not the progress tour the uk pro league the progress tour is another thing completely i don't know where i got that into my head from anyway um the uk pro league um did that uh end of last year and did the 25k uh this spring and mm-hmm. hopefully doing the and i put myself down to do the the 100k event that's there in october they're really really nice up at the future club it's a really good venue uh the staff that work there day in day out work really hard to make these events happen and they sort of one of the things that that stood out was they had a guy from i forget his name but he was from the lta and he came on the finals day of the 25k um a couple of months ago and he said you know the way that the shrews recovered put on that event made it look really professional that set the standard for 
that level of event um, yeah. that others should be aiming for. I mean, there was at the same time as them running the men's 25K event in Shrewsbury, there was a women's 25K event in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. No publicity, no live streaming, yeah. no information whether you could go along and watch it or anything. Literally one photo of the winner with their trophy at the end of the week. And that was really disappointing to see, whereas Shrewsbury has really gone and made the effort. They'd got Abigail Johnson in to come and emcee it and, and announce the players onto court at, um, mm-hmm. um, play, you know, at the start of the match and, and pre- do all the presentations and everything. And it really made it a really good atmosphere. And you had people coming from, you know, from, from, pretty far and wide to come and come and see that it wasn't just people who were local to Shrewsbury you had people traveling from other parts of the Midlands some people you know from the Welsh borders coming and watching tennis so it was really good sounds like it makes it really special for the players as well I think so I think if they've if the players have had a good experience and they know that people are seeing that whether they're there in person or whether they're seeing it or whether they're watching it on on live streaming I think the players get something out of that they see Mm -hmm. that they're getting the support and they're also seeing that people are aware of them it might be a little bit of a pressure thing but Mm. I think they they also perhaps put on their best performance where they might not necessarily do that if there's no atmosphere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I get the kind of same impression from I went to Estoril last week um, spent two Uh days there Um, I spent five days in Portugal and two of those days in Estoril at the tournament there and it felt like the tournament was bigger than a 250 because it's a 250 level tournament. That tournament could easily be a 500 if it wanted to be. And if the ATP allowed it to be, I think it's the fan experience is, and perhaps probably I'd say the experience for the players is better than what I've experienced at Queens club. Now I've not been to Queens club for a while and this is, and don't get me wrong. Queens club is fine. It's a fine tournament, uh-huh. but the fan experience I don't feel is a great experience. It's aimed at people who want to sit and have a drink with each other, and not. To come, yes, to come in on can. that. When I went to Queens in 2017, I just found it to be really like I've compared it to being like among aristocrats. Yeah, you know, because like they're all really posh. Yeah, yeah, and they want to enjoy the tennis in a civilized manner. Yeah. With their glass of champagne and they don't like people who get excited. Because <laughs> yeah. I was I was shushed by someone really? at Queen's, yeah, because I was got I got quite animated because I was watching Andy play mm-hmm. um and he was losing, so I was like trying to G him up and I got shushed by well, I can only I can only assume she was the ninety five year old cousin of the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say that if had you gone, had you been Portuguese and had you watched Jao Souza or Nuno Borgs at Estoril last week, you would have not been shushed. <laughs> you would have been encouraged because oh, that's what I'll go next. <laughs> and and to be fair, there is a little bit of a difference because you know they are underdogs and and there are expectations of Andy to to do well, aren't there? So perhaps there's a little bit of a difference there. But honestly, that tournament at Estoril could not be. A better experience in terms of what they do for fans on the court um you know it's it's really well set out they're really well organized the players seem to really enjoy playing there um and also off court you've got so much going on outside of the the court itself with you know food and entertainment and yes some of it is 
corporate marketing and here have some freebies and and come and come and you know come and let us try and sell you you know come and have a look at our fancy car that we've got that we want mm-hmm. you to go and go away and buy after but, but you know it's not all that it's it's a really good experience that you know and it wasn't like too imposing either so yes there was music but you couldn't hear that carry over to the courts it was mm-hmm. not like not like a tournament like Miami where you can hear that music everywhere it doesn't matter what court you're watching you'll hear it everywhere um so you know it's I thought it was really well done and like I say it if if they wanted to be I think they could quite easily be a 500 and if the ATP wanted them to be they would quite easily be a 500 but whether that would happen I'm not sure I think calendars are going to change next year anyway in terms of how um the the clay court season is going to work so um we shall see but you know as as tournament experiences go I've been to a few I've been to uh Geneva I've been to Antwerp indoors the year um that's um the year that Kyle won it I didn't see the final but I watched it the year Kyle Edmund won that um the same year went to Luxembourg because they're not far away from each other and watched some WTA tennis there um so done a few um I try and do now like one trip abroad every year to a tournament um and I think that's that's kind of like my financial limit is, <laughs> is nice. one per year. But uh, I was watching good, Clay. Get different plays. Clay's good. I like watching Clay. Yeah, I like watching players slide around and and it's a it's different, um, but it's it's fun. Um, you do even as a spectator, you end up walking out of the tournament with clay all over your shoes. I mean, you know, I can imagine it's worse for the players, but because yeah. you know you're watching matches on side courts as well, especially if you do that, you, you're you're literally crossing courts to get to stands. So um, yeah. there's a bit of that, but yeah, it's fun. Um, I got sunburnt the first day, but not too badly. Um, Is that and, <laughs> Peter, was that Peter? Was that you uh, slyly segueing onto asking about the the clay court season? I've noticed that's on the schedule. So that <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you were doing there? I think. Uh, well, uh, uh, thankfully, Lee uh, led led us there with uh, Esther. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about clay, let's talk about uh, clay. Um, yeah. So, that. Andy played a few matches, and then. Uh, uh is not yeah. playing rum but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's okay me and uh me 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 and me and claire um had how do we cry about this last night uh about 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 what took place and uh the 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 highs and low of 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 this week of this week for andy um but but lee like let's go to you first because obviously you know you're you're our guest and we should be polite we're we're really polite here in my meeting um Lee, what are what are what are what are your thoughts of Andy's Andy's uh Andy's week? Um obviously he wasn't initially gonna be playing it, but then you know, Lee is. What yeah, what 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 were your thoughts? Yeah, it's a strange one because I think you know, a few weeks ago he said that he wasn't gonna play on clay and then changed his mind. I was like, Great, we get an opportunity to see Andy. see him play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when when Andy says something like that, I always think mm, there's yeah. always a pinch of salt that something might change um and and i think good reason for doing it you know the tournaments that he he would have played otherwise um weren't there um i think some tournaments got cancelled um so he wouldn't have had the opportunity to play and and so yeah i think i'm not going to talk about wild cards um 
Well, it's not. I think, I think, apart from, I would say it's the tournament's decision who they decide to give wild cards to, and um, that's that. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they they think that he's going to bring in the money, then um, fine. Um, I mean, he did, didn't he? he Look at the number of people who got last minute flights from Edinburgh to Madrid (laughs) on on Wednesday night and showed up and bought their tickets on Thursday morning. You know, Uh, he did did bring in the dollar. And that and that match with the, the match that never happened with Novak Djokovic was I think really hyped up on Wednesday night wasn't it as a oh. you know this is going to be a match that you're not going to want to miss and I'm like it's at 11 o'clock in the morning I'm going to miss it um <laughs> yeah thanks Let thanks scheduler it was 5 a.m for me and I, I mean, was there <laughs> for it I get not that, knowing I get that <laughs> Nadal's there and Alcaraz is there, but come on. <laughs> no, eleven a.m. This is Andy just... versus Novak. Put it on at put it on at a decent a time where people are going to be able to watch it. I mean, you know, people in Madrid yeah. aren't going to be able to there. I was I was worried. Are we going to have like empty stands at an Andy versus Novak match because it's on at, at like? Well, no, you, you wouldn't have had because like no. the, the, the entire population <laughs> of Edinburgh had flown out. <laughs> So when I woke up on Thursday morning and saw it's not happening, first of all, I had to redo all of my tweets that I'd scheduled for tennis on telly. <laughs> I was like, I genuinely thought it was a sick joke. It yeah. and But then I was kind of like a little bit relieved because I was kind of like, I don't need to then put myself through the pain of having to follow it on live score because I wasn't able to watch it. Yes. And also I thought, actually, I'm not going to then miss a match that might be a match that's going to be talked about for a long time and have no idea why anyone's picking out, you know, this thing that happened or that thing that happened that I didn't see. And I was like, this is, you know, I'm then going to have to go home and watch it on Thursday night myself on a replay and, and, and you know, ruin my Thursday night plans for that as well. Not that I, you know, would have watched, watched it live, but any, anyway, I ended up watching uh, Cam Norrie and, and, and Alcaraz anyway. Um, and that was a good match. It was a good match. It was a good match. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, they're what, seeded seven and nine. So you know that that's going to be a, a good match anyway. And um, I really like the way both of them play. So it was entertaining. So I wasn't too disappointed that I didn't get to get to see um, the Andy Novak match. But I would like, like to see that come up. We're going to get it at Wimbledon. So. I'm convinced so. it's going to happen at Wimbledon. Yeah, we cried. We, we, we cried. We, we, we cried. <laughs> Shed multiple tears, and uh, you know we, uh, you know there was there was but a crying session. Where I, I guess at the end of the, I guess at the end of the day, if 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 you have an upset Tommy, it can't be comfortable to play toes. So no, no, for sure, it's going to be yeah. the right. He's done the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. Whether his withdrawal for from from Rome is because of that same reason, I don't know. Um, because well, I was I was wondering this because like if it was food poisoning like people say I mean food poisoning just it's if you've had it you know what it's like mm. it's it just wipes you out for say 24 hours whatever mm. so imagine just spending a whole day on the toilet mm. and then being like okay now I need to get on a plane and play qualifying the following day so like you've only mm. got 
like 36 hours to recover mm. i wouldn't be up for that yeah. no way. i think i think there was a potential that there might have been a, a main draw wild card open up i can't remember which player they said yeah. might withdraw yeah. Um, one of the Italians that they did give the wild cards to, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, I think at that point, and you probably made the decision, it's not worth playing, not worth putting them through that stress of getting there, still mm-hmm. probably not feeling 100%. And then, you know, having to play probably 10 o'clock in the morning, I think qualifying mm-hmm. starts in, in Italy mm-hmm. tomorrow. So, you know, yeah. it's it's not great. Um, uh and yeah, I think I, I do wonder then if perhaps he'll take um, something next week. Um, but then it's French yeah. Open qualifying, isn't it? So I'm not quite sure where he sits. Well, I think has he got direct think entry to French direct Open? Entry. Yeah. yeah. So so I think I wonder whether he whether he might see if Leon or Geneva will give him a wild card. I am going to check. Yeah. He's definitely got direct entry. I'm sure he has. I'm sure. I think I'm sure has. I've tweeted that he has. Yeah. I'm sure I saw on Twitter and I'm pretty sure it was your tweet. Yeah, he has. He has. <laughs> yeah, because his, his, his entry ranking is 85. So, and it's it yeah. cut off is 102. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's got direct entry to French well Open. I guess I'm slightly, yeah. I'm slightly concerned because it's like those those two matches that he played, you know, against team and, and, and Shapovalov, yes, okay, okay, like, you know, they, they're two very kind of erratic players anyway, but like, mm-hmm. and he played so, so well, right? He, he did, he did really well, like, especially the match against Shapovalov, he was like all over it and he was playing, you know, the best tennis that we've seen from him. He was like, so good. His movement was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like his, his movement, and that was a huge, that, that was like the biggest mm-hmm. thing. It was like his movement was amazing, right? It was, it was amazing. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know, about, don't know about anyone else, but like I was like, maybe, maybe he will just end up the French Open. Maybe he will just like, you know, why not? Like, you know, he's got the entry. He's going to come in and vulture the whole tournament, isn't he? Okay, well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, of course, naturally, that's what we're, that's what we're hoping for. But like, even like when a match is there, and that would set him up good for like the grass season. Um, and now I just feel like with this maybe it's going to reset his plans to what they were going to be initially. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if it hadn't been for that illness, like, maybe he would have, you know, maybe he would have beaten Novak Djokovic, obviously, clearly would have. Um, and, uh, but like, you know, like made, made more of a kind of like built on that momentum on the clay. Mm. But now I feel like there's a high chance that maybe the next time we see Andy Murray will be on the grass at Queens, which was obviously the initial idea. Uh, but the Stuttgart I don't know. comes before I, Queens. It's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we could definitely see him in like a yeah, like a. Wasn't there a suggestion from somewhere he might play the Surbiton Challenger if he doesn't go deep in the French Open as well? And then there's also, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't go to Stuttgart and he doesn't get in there or get a a a wild card there, there's no reason why he couldn't play Nottingham Challenger the same you know that week so mm-hmm. which would yeah, be so. really good for Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was supposed to play it last year, wasn't he? Yeah. It was, yeah. and we were there. Uh... <laughs> but it, I think, <laughs> I think it, it's one of those things he needs to kind of look at. I think if he doesn't go deep in the French Open, then he probably, I think it's more likely he'll play Surbiton than Nottingham. Um, but I think if you, obviously he's committed to playing Queens because, you know, mm-hmm. wildcard for life. Um, yeah. I think that Five will be his. Deserves. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. 
I think that is going to be his next priority. So does he want to then play in the immediate week before that? Or does he want to, you know, use that week as a practice? Or does he want to use a challenger as a practice? You know, and not take it, not take it necessarily play it competitively, but play it so that he's got some grass court experience. And I, I don't that... think Andy Murray knows how to do something not competitively though. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. So, <laughs> I, if he goes I, in to play a challenger, I think he's like, I, I need to win this. Yeah. There yeah. would be part of me that would love to see him just play the challenger and then you just look in the stands of like, you know, the challenger and just Ivan Lindell's. <laughs> I'm sure that would fly yeah. for a challenger. I'm sure that would I would love it. I would love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think for me, like obviously, like it, it was just disappointing. Like I, I was almost similar to you, Lee, in the sense that it's like, you know, obviously <laughs> I was gonna be working when that match was on and it's an Andy match and it was just gonna be a pain in the ass to try and watch it like mm. on extended toilet breaks at work. Um so there was definitely <laughs> part of me that was like but I don't need to do, go through that but like it, it just felt like such a kind of like another Andy Murray setback in a way do you know what I mean like and I yeah this felt like the game right as he was kind of finding some kind of ridiculous form out of nowhere and maybe part of that was built from like the huge lack of expectation of anything really happening for Andy on the clay like you know, it, it's it's a surface yeah. that he hadn't played on really competitively for for years, and uh, but like I I do think that he played unbelievably yeah. well in those two matches, and it felt like okay, but like you say, look, the, there was little expectation. It was a it was a it was a bonus really that mm-hmm. we were going to get to see him on the clay because we set ourselves up that we weren't going to see him until the yeah. grass season started. So we had that bonus of seeing, seeing him on the clay, but also him doing so well and mm-hmm. finally overcoming that second round jinx by actually winning the match. And you're like, yes. here we go. Like we're on a roll. And then he got the runs. And all that. Yeah. Many, yeah. I don't know. And it's like, it you know. Here's I, I, I mean, would you rather have Andy withdraw because he's ill or would you rather have him lose to Novak Djokovic? Oh. Oh. Ooh. I'm not saying that's what would have happened, but would I, you rather? You know would, I, you, would you I want think, to put yourself through the pain I think, of losing to Novak? I think I would. I think I would have rather him. I think I would rather have, have seen him play yeah. against Novak, and even if he had lost, I think it would have been really good to see what sort of level he's yeah. at to play yeah, against so. Novak. Yes, yeah. I think. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I think yeah, like you, you you can't pass up an opportunity like that. And I think yeah. I think I think that that was part of it as well. It's like how many more times, like you know, obviously, obviously in our dreams, uh, ideally we'll see mm. multiple more times. But like, how many more times are we going to get to see Annie Murray play a world number one? Right. So like uh, that, I think that was a that that was the thing for me. And I really do that we get that match. And uh, happening at Wimbledon. I feel like it's going to happen at Wimbledon. What in the first round, please? No, no, no. it's going to happen in like the third or fourth round. Oh my god, nightmare, nightmare. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I, yeah, it was just a general kind of disappointment from for for, like seeing seeing it happen. So I guess 
I guess I guess we'll see like where where he shows up next. And if you're around, can you kind of um you know let us know? Like drop us a DM. Um, let your mom know <laughs> who follows uh, Murray Musing. So like just get her to let us. Um, let Paige know. Paige could tell us. Let Paige know. Paige, coming <laughs> on soon. Um, and yeah, please please do let us know. Um, Lee, we've we we have kept for quite a long time here um, so I do apologize but um, <laughs> it, uh, very like very quickly can you give us like your kind of like obviously we've talked Andy on Clay um, any other standouts from like the past couple of weeks on Clay that you really want to like give a shout out to um, I'm sure I'm sure you don't want like that Akras guy I don't know what the hell he's doing like I'm sure you don't want... <laughs> beating Novak like who's who's that guy right like, uh, so but like any, and, and anything else uh, that, that, that stands out for you I think, yeah, it's kind of a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Having some players um, that have not been around for very long mm-hmm. um, beating the big guys. So that's been really good to see. Um, mm-hmm. I've also seen some, some very, like I said, I've seen some very entertaining tennis in, in Estoril. So uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Tabana really impressed me the first that I watched his match. I think he'll uh-huh. be a big name coming up. Um, mm-hmm. He's playing Liam Brody next week in Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Liam. Interesting. Yeah. I love Liam. <laughs> I really love Liam. Um, so that'll <laughs> be a, an That's a story for another yes. part. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, also, um, a very entertaining match that I watched also in Estoril was uh, uh, Kwon Soon Wu um, against the defending champion there. That was really, really entertaining. So um, okay. he's got a very interesting game. A he very does. Tricky, tricky game. Uh, has mm-hmm. Quan, so um, I'd like to see him up against some of the other kind of tricky players. You know, his, his match against Cam Norrie was was interesting to watch for that mm-hmm. reason. So, uh-huh. yeah, fantastic. Um, um, just as we've been talking as well, um, uh, Ons won uh, over in Madrid, uh, so mm-hmm. we should probably mention well, that as well. Uh, does anybody on. not? Does anybody not like Ons? Like- I love Ons. <laughs> Not love her like uh, amazing. Is anybody watching her win? Watching her win Birmingham last year was really, you know, nice to see. So yeah, yeah. Like, does anybody? Does anybody not not love her? I feel like I feel like it's amazing. She's one of those beloved figures on the WGA. So I think yeah, we've got to we've got to shout her out and congratulations, congratulations to her because yeah, she's very very much deserved. Um and yeah, because um I'm just gonna let our listeners know Piers Barry's about to die. Uh, so we'll uh, we're we've got one we've got one final thing before we wrap things up, Scott. And it's the the big question, Lee. If you were a tennis player what would your walk-on song be? Okay, so I did have a little think about this earlier and I thought um, something that would be kind of poppy or dancey, like 90s or early 2000s, kind of. Um, and I was going through my Spotify playlist, okay, what what can I choose? And We will judge you for this, Lee. We will judge uh, okay. you. Okay. And the, the song that I've chosen is Ready to Go by Republica. Nice. Ready, ready to go. Choice. Ah. Because you want to be ready to go, don't you? When you you do want to be ready. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Actually, that's true. So, what what I feel like we do, the one I've chosen. 
now that people, people the, the 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 thousands that tune in to listen to Murray Music will be going to listen to that song now and they'll be they'll be having a rave. Um so yeah, go 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 check out that song from Lee. And uh, Lee, anything that you want to quickly shout out? Um any where where can our listeners find you? Where where can our listeners go to find you? Obviously, you've got tennis on telly. Uh, anything else you want to shout out? Yes, yeah, so the, the Twitter account is Tennis on Telly, the Facebook account is Tennis on Telly, and the website is tennisontelly.uk. So all the information you're going to need, um, hopefully. And, and if anyone's interested in helping out during, um, especially during the French Open and Wimbledon, um, I can't be there 100% of the time. So if anyone's interested in helping out, especially with the Twitter stuff, give me a shout because that would be really, really good. Um, I'll probably put some tweets out nearer the time about that anyway. That actually yeah. sounds quite interesting for me, so I might do that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Lee, Lee, he's always yeah. late. I, so I don't want to let Scott so... Twitter free on my Twitter account. Mm. And, and yeah, that's I think Scott could do well. He was only four minutes late today. Well, so. <laughs> wrapping up this episode right now based on um, like the idea that I'm now hired by Lee to help. <laughs> so, now, that, now that we've confirmed that, um thank you very much for coming on this episode Lee, uh, and You're giving welcome. us giving you know, your history and um you know go volunteer for events i think is the big thing. yes like yes. go volunteer for small tennis tournaments because who knows who you might see um you might see the f- a future world number one who knows um so yeah go do that um and yeah thank you all very much for tuning in to yet another episode of murray musings we're not quite sure when we'll next see andy playing um but we'll we're gonna still keep recording episodes of murray musings we'll just check and, and, and each one will be us going i wonder when he's next gonna play all, 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 all of them are gonna be yeah that was a really good tournament but andy would andy wasn't there so they really had a free ride to get through to that final lift the trophy because andy wasn't there uh and uh, so that's what that's how the, our next few episodes are gonna go so uh yeah listen on him please we need listeners thank you um but yeah no on a more serious note thank you for listening to yet another episode of murray musings folks uh i've been scott he's been peter she's been claire and that has been our very special guest lee thank you very much folks and goodbye thanks everyone thanks lee bye 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 Hi, I'm Andy Murray and you've been listening to the Murray Musings podcast.